Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where we give you the facts straight, just the news, no effort to hijack your opinion or change your mind. We just let you look at the facts, hear them directly from us, and you make up your own mind. No supposition, no opinion, no fancy tweeting. You get the picture. You know how we do this. Well, what a show we've got today. We're very lucky to have the former House Intelligence Committee Chairman, Devin Nunez, Joining us from California for an in-depth interview about Russia, Ukraine, even the Democratic debate last night. And speaking of the Democrat debate last night, boy, the smoke is still clearing in the air in Nevada. What a dust-up we had last night as Michael Bloomberg joined the lineup for the first time. And we saw a lot of people jockeying to knock their colleagues down a notch with much more sharp attacks, much more direct challenges to people's credibility and to their policies and to their character. It was unlike any of the other eight debates before it. And in a few seconds, I'm going to tell you why that debate may have a big consequence in the fall election, unlike the eight prior ones. And uh, I've got a code word for you to be thinking about, Willie Horton. Just think Willie Horton for a second. I'll explain when we get back from the commercial break what, what I meant by that and why this is important. You're here with John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. We've got an exclusive interview coming up with Devin Nunez, and we're going to give you the real skinny on the debate in Nevada and why it may have a profound effect on the 2020 general election when Donald Trump fi finally faces the Democratic nominee. We'll be back in a second after a word from our sponsors. Deborah's home was stolen. No, I don't mean thieves stole stuff. I mean scammers literally stole her home. The FBI calls title theft one of the fastest-growing white-collar crimes. And this story is why you need home title lock. Deborah says criminals found the title to our home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned our home. Wait, it gets worse. Deborah goes on to say, I was evicted from my own home and 85 grand in equity, gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily. This is why you need Home Title Lock, because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. First things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if your home's title has been tampered with. You need to protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. Go to HomeTitleLock.com now for 60 risk-free days of protection. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. 
Com. All right, we're back, and we're so appreciative of all the sponsors who make this show possible and who support Just the News. We're just a couple days away from the big launch. Um, and uh, as we head into Just the News, there is a lot of uh, campaign coverage that is going to be so relevant to the American people. And last night, Wednesday night in Las Vegas, there was a debate in Nevada that really turned up the heat. Uh, for the first time, you really saw the, the remaining de- Democratic rivals go after each other's records, their characters, their uh, st- past statements, their histories, their work histories. It was a much more rough and tumble and perhaps entertaining uh, debate for many Americans. And um, I want to look back and, and think about what consequences this debate may have because of the fact that it became so much more intense. And that requires us going back for a little history lesson to early spring 1988. That's right. That's when George H.W. Bush, Bush 41, was uh, preparing to become the Republican nominee and the Democrats were still fighting it out. Eventually, Michael Dukakis won the nomination. But in the early spring of uh, 1988, there was a young senator from Tennessee by the name of Al Gore. Yep, the same one that became Bill Clinton's VP. This was his first run for president. He was running on a big environmental record. It's sort of a Southern centrist in an in a election that had a lot of liberals on the Democratic side. And Al Gore, during a debate, uh, raised the issue of Mike Dukakis's furlough program. Mike Dukakis was the Massachusetts governor. He had supported a furlough program that allowed prisoners to get out of prison. One of those prisoners who got out of prison was a, name of, a guy by the name of Willie Horton. He was an African-American. He was a man who was uh, convicted of first-degree murder, yet he was let out of prison on a furlough. He escaped on his furlough, went to Maryland, where he committed another heinous crime that included both murder and rape. And uh, it was Al Gore's attack line, the first attack on Michael Dukakis's furlough program uh, in this spring 1988 debate that ultimately gave rise to the most famous political attack ad of the 20th century. It's known as the Willie Horton ad. It was an ad uh, run by an independent group that supported George H.W. Bush's uh, campaign for president. And by all accounts, Democrats, Republicans, independents, experts, this ad had one of the most profound impacts, portraying Michael Dukakis as soft on crime, uh, as being out of touch, uh, an ACLU card-carrying member, as H.W. Bush would eventually call him, and it really tipped the election in favor of George Bush as a successor to Ronald Reagan. I think last night's debate had a similar effect. There were some very poignant attack lines by various Democratic candidates on their colleagues that I think could turn around and be the Willie Horton-like ads uh, in the 2020 fall election. These could be Donald Trump's Willie Horton ad attack lines. Uh, let me give you a couple of them. This first one, comes from Elizabeth Warren taking her first shot at Mayor Bloomberg. Let's listen to the clip. When Mayor Bloomberg was busy blaming African-Americans and Latinos for the housing crash of 2008, I was right here in Las Vegas, literally, just a few blocks down the street holding hearings on the banks that were taking away homes from millions of families. All right, you heard it. Elizabeth Warren said that Michael Bloomberg was blaming Latinos and African-Americans for the 2008 financial crisis, the mortgage crisis. 
That's going to be one that as Donald Trump courts Latinos and African-Americans in the fall election, expect that soundbite to come back in an ad, an attack line in something. And it was Elizabeth Warren taking on Michael Bloomberg. If he's the nominee, this one's going to come back to Michael Bloomberg. And it wasn't the only one that Elizabeth Warren gave. Let's um, let's hear the second attack line she put on Michael Bloomberg. I'd like to talk about who we're running against. A billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. (laughs) Democrats are not going to win if we have a nominee who has a history of hiding his tax returns, of harassing women, and of supporting racist policies like redlining and stop and frisk. Ouch. Man, using those words allegedly attributed to Michael Bloomberg, that Bloomberg used uh, terms like fat broads and horse-faced lesbians when he was a CEO. What a stinging attack. If Michael Bloomberg is the nominee in the fall, expect that soundbite and this whole issue of his treatment of women to be in the sort of outside group ads, independent expenditures, super PAC ads, maybe even Donald Trump himself. Um, But this line of having a history of hiding tax returns, harassing women, supporting racist policies, oh my gosh, that came from a Democrat's mouth. It could be made into another Willie Horton ad. I got one more before we get ready for our extraordinary interview with Devin Nunez. Let me give you one more soundbite. This one is from Michael Bloomberg, and he takes on a uh, pretty strong take on Bernie Sanders' socialism. Let's listen to what Michael Bloomberg, former mayor of New York City, had to say about Bernie Sanders and his policies. I can't think of a ways that would make it easier for Donald Trump to get reelected than listening to this conversation. (laughs) It's ridiculous. We're not going to throw out capitalism. We tried that. Other countries tried that. It was called communism, and it just didn't work. All right. If you're the Republican, you love when a Democrat calls the frontrunner ridiculous and suggests that um, he's trying to take us back to an era of communism that failed when, in fact, Americans prefer capitalism. That's another soundbite, another insert for an attack ad when we get to the 2020 fall election. All right, so those are just a handful of them. There were many others last night, but you get the point. The history has a way of repeating itself in elections. And the Willie Horton ad, well, there may be some new ones that come out of this debate in the spring of 2020, to come back to haunt the Democratic nominees in the fall. All right, when we come back from the next commercial break, we're here with Devin Nunez, the former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, the man who helped unravel a lot of the false narratives of the Russia collusion investigation. Back in a moment with Devin Nunez. All right, picture your face in the mirror. Do you see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about crow's feet or those large under-eye bags? Now imagine they're just gone. I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery. They're just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in just minutes. It's the edge you've been looking for. Don't believe it? I didn't either until some of my friends tried it. Now I don't have to imagine anymore. My friends look like themselves just 10 years younger. Simply put, I'm blown away by their results You should try this. It works. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you need to be yourself at work or out with friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear so nobody will know that you're using it, unless you tell them, of course. 
Now, go to triplexaderm.com and use my code VOICES, that's V-O-I-C-E-S, and you'll get 50% off a full-size bottle of Plexaderm plus an additional $10 off. That's right. Listen to that. 50% off plus an additional $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292. That's 1-800-685-1292. Now, you mentioned the code VOICES, V-O-I-C-E-S, and you'll get that discount. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today and use the code VOICES, V-O-I-C-E-S, at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com, code VOICES, V-O-I-C-E-S. All right, everybody, welcome back to John Solomon Reports. And we have a very special guest right now, Congressman Devin Nunez, the chairman or former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. And a person who, through a lot of personal sacrifice, was able to unravel a lot of the false narratives and misinformation and misconduct that occurred in the Russia collusion case. Congressman Nunez, thank you for joining us today. Hey, John. Great to be with you on your podcast. It's great. Uh, Thank you. And congratulations on the success of your podcast, too. You're in the business as well. (laughs) Well... I had no choice. I have to have a way to get around all the fake news and go directly to the American people. So it's been a, it's been a necessity for me. Uh, you actually just do it for uh, to, to provide people news. I have to do it to reach my constituency and the American people. Yeah, you, it's been a quite a two years watching the attacks on you and then watching all the facts turn back and prove that, that what you had said all along was right. It, it must be frustrating. Yeah, well, you know what? It's actually been a little bit uh, – it's actually the opposite. It's been liberating because, uh, you know, essentially now I, I look at all the media across the spectrums uh, and right. we review who's who's actually just working for the other side. They're just partisan hacks, and uh, we just don't deal with them anymore. And then wow. uh, I every Friday I do a podcast, and we talk about – most of the time it's not current events like your podcast. We – we actually focus on kind of deep dive into issues. I bring on experts, and we we spend ten to twenty minutes normally, and we 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 just go into like last week, for example, we did taxes. Um, wow. So we talked about the new the tax development. So each week we do something a little different. Uh, over Thanksgiving, we actually went to a brewery and talked to a a brewery about how to make beer. So we all right. We try well, to that's an idea. I'm going to have to adapt. I definitely got to get to a brewery with this podcast. That's going to be great. All right. So, sir, let me ask you a question. We mentioned a little bit about breaking news. So last night we had the ninth Democratic debate in Las Vegas. And um, I was just talking with our listeners a little bit about the fact that they may have created some Willie Horton ads last night. There were a lot of very sharp attacks, one Democrat on the other. And I wonder if you had some impressions or takeaways from the debate and what sort of things might resonate all the way into the fall. So I was actually uh, with the president yesterday um, in California. And uh, then I had to get back when the president left to Phoenix. Uh, we, he came to the San Joaquin Valley where I'm from, uh, and he, he followed through on promises about, about water issues. We've ironically uh, been dumping water out to the Pacific Ocean, even though we have the beautiful Sierra Nevadas with beautiful snow every year. Uh, We have these big water projects. We capture the water. And the president came out a few years ago when he was a candidate and didn't understand why 
uh, all this water was going out to the ocean and didn't realize that the that the system actually was designed to move water to areas that don't have water. So he redid the science on that, working with the Department of Interior, with the Secretary of Interior out. Uh, so it was it was really nice. Anyway, I'm I'm trying to get to your question, John. And the bottom line is, I've only seen uh, just clips, uh, which which uh, from all observations, it looked like uh, Mike Bloomberg got uh, got his clock clean pretty badly. Um, you know, clearly he's got some some you know in this whole Me Too age that the mainstream media, it's surprising that they haven't actually taken this guy out. You know, months ago when he was when he started spending his millions, but I guess when you put hundreds of millions of dollars on the table and you're advertising on every platform, uh, everybody wants that. All the media companies want that money to keep rolling in, so they're not putting him under any scrutiny whatsoever. Um, you know, he's you know, and he's refused to talk to all media. So I think the last, uh, the first time the American people got to see him was was last night. And by all accounts, uh, I, I don't think it went well because he's having trouble uh, answering about his non-disclosure forms that he had women fill out, uh, comments on, on on different races and types of people, and can't explain stop and frisk. Uh, and then, of course, you know the whole issue that he's just you know a guy spending hundreds of millions of dollars, which is just kind of unprecedented to to get elected. Yeah, and even just to get on stage for a debate, it's uh, it is remarkable. Uh, there were there were a lot of famous lines that I could imagine coming back in the fall election. Um, at one point, uh, Bloomberg said, "Hey, we tried this communism thing, Bernie. It didn't work. America's capitalist." And so I think um, some of the lines that were uttered last night may just come back in the fall to haunt some of the candidates, whoever's left standing. As you know, that sometimes yeah, can I happen. Sometimes the primary challenge is the bigger issue. Well, and, and what it looks to me like, I don't understand the, the, the Democrat system here. Um, first of all, you had Bernie get the most votes in Iowa and on both the first and second ballot, yet he doesn't win Iowa, which is very strange. Uh, and then, you know, I, I think it's almost in, barring some implosion by Bernie, uh, the guy is, you know, I think he's going to get, you know, 20 to 50 percent of the vote in every single state. I mean, he's, he's crushing it here in California and we're, you know, two weeks away from election day. Uh, he's right. way ahead in, in all the polls. So, so, but, but still, if you get, even if he wins most of the states and, you know, gets first, second or third in the remaining states and has the most delegates going into the convention, he's not going to be the nominee. They still have to vote. And then you've got this strange superdelegate problem um, so Bernie's got, you know, the support of, of the, of the hard left base. He's got money flowing in. Um, and it's just odd to see the, the democratic establishment clinging on to Bloomberg, who wasn't even a Republican or who wasn't even a Democrat years ago. Uh, and now they're right. begging him to just keep, keep spending money. And I, you know, the, the majority or the Republican leader, Kevin McCarthy says this all the time. Bloomberg spent $110 million to put Nancy Pelosi in as speaker. Um, he's getting endorsements from people who, where his money, his millions made a difference in their, in their races. So, um, you know, he's essentially just trying to buy the Democratic Party, and shockingly, they're going for it. And I think that's what you saw Bernie and Elizabeth Warren and a few others last night saying, look, we're not for sale. The problem is, is that the Democratic establishment doesn't agree 
and then the system is built built against Bernie, who clearly I, I just don't see how he he's not the guy that goes in the convention with the most votes. But right. you know, there, we're going to have an interesting time in in Milwaukee. I may um, I may have to go there and, uh, and, and, <laughs> and 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 watch this, witness it, and be uh, be ready to do interviews. I'm. You think I'd be welcome there, John? Uh, well, listen, it's a great city. I spent eight years there, and it's a great bipartisan city, though the current audience may not be as welcoming uh, in, uh, in July. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's a, it's a great city. I spent, I spent a lot of time there. Um, I want to turn to a subject that you have uh, been such an important voice on, and that is the, the Justice Department, the FBI, the misconduct that we saw in the Russia case and, and, and the possibility that it even extends elsewhere in the Justice Department. But um, there's an op-ed this morning in the Washington Post. It's written by George Terwilliger, who was a deputy attorney general back in the Bush years, a very long-serving Justice Department official, very well-respected. And he's taking on a media narrative that has kind of dominated uh, Washington, D.C. the last couple of days. And that is that it was entirely inappropriate for Attorney General William Barr to intervene in the Roger Stone case and try to lower the sentence recommendation. And what he writes is, well, that's a ludicrous argument. Line prosecutors shouldn't have absolute authority. They should be overseen. And when their recommendations don't fit the sentencing guidelines, it is appropriate, not inappropriate, but appropriate, for an attorney general or deputy attorney general or a supervisor to overrule those prosecutors. After all, you saw in the Russia case, I wonder, do you have any, any thoughts on, on Terwilliger's sentiments and whether uh, this issue of oversight is, is a real one? Well, the, the first thought that, that goes through my mind is, is that we're, we're getting to a dangerous point in American history where you have an entire party, the Republican Party, who doesn't trust uh, the Department of Justice or the FBI, uh, and and that's because of you know a lot of what happened during the Obama administration with Holder, you know, running guns to Mexico, being held in contempt of Congress, never providing the right, evidence, furious, yeah, flowing, yeah, flowing uh, into the you know opening an investigation into a presidential campaign using our counterintelligence capabilities, which is important always to to flag. Those are the those are the 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 capabilities we have in this country to target terrorists and spies, uh, not to target political campaigns, uh, just outrageous. And it's outrageous that people at DOJ and FBI let this move forward and don't give a damn about it. So, you know, the president is the, the, it's not complicated. The president is elected to run the executive branch. He picks the attorney general. And if there's ever been a time that we need an attorney general to come in and and clean house, it's now. And I think that Attorney General Barr is being very careful, very methodical uh, in his approach, and we're we're lucky to have him. And I, you know, I don't see that he's done. You know, if anything, you could say he's been he's been very very cautious, trying to uh, you know trying to be fair and down the middle. Um, when you know, at a time when people are very very frustrated out there, I mean, I see it. Every single day, I mean, dozens and dozens of times a day, random people that that just you know recognize me come up to me and say, you know, you know, why isn't so and so? Why wasn't so and so prosecuted? Why wasn't this person prosecuted? You know, why are they only targeting certain people? And look, I think you have to say, I mean, we're in the middle right now as we as we're speaking the Roger Stone case. Um, you know, look, I think it, it's not okay to lie to Congress. He definitely should uh, should uh, you know be penalized. But at the same time, if there was a juror, the lead juror, 
uh, that was compromised, which I think that's clear by the tweets and Facebook posts, or, or I should say social media posts. I mean, come on. I mean, look, it, it, it's, if he lied to Congress, fine. Okay. And if it, if it really matters, that's, that, that's one thing, but it can't be from a contaminated jury from somebody who, who hated uh, Trump and, 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 and clearly lied to the, uh, uh, to the pr- uh, prosecutors and the defense. So, so I don't know what happens from here. I think you know, there's more news to be broke on that, that soon, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And as we're speaking, uh, the sentence just came down for Roger Stone, 40 months in prison, which is half, the judge imposed half of what the original prosecutors were recommending. So uh, it looks like the attorney general's recommendations were more in line with the judge's thinking and uh, not the judge wasn't in line with the more excessive sta- uh, sentence that the original prosecutors were trying to impose. Yeah, that's well, that's interesting. And also, let's not forget, this is a judge who, you know, who has been, been you know, very, very partisan. So, look, we'll, we'll see the, where this goes. I, I imagine that he'll be able to appeal this, but um, I guess we'll wait to see how this develops. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, while Congress has been out of town, there's been so many things going on, including on Russia, Ukraine, all those things. Uh, last week, uh, Attorney General Barr named the U.S. attorney for the Western District of New York to look at some of the allegations that have surfaced in Ukraine, the Bidens and Burisma, the election tampering and questions like that. I wonder if you had any reaction to uh, that decision and, and what might come of that type of an investigation. Well, as you know, John, uh, the House Intelligence Committee Republicans uh, have long had an investigation open into right. Ukraine, and then we got to that point uh, because we had witnesses that that you know came in and told us that information was coming from Ukraine, uh, i.e. the the infamous Black Ledger, and of course some of Nellie Orr, who worked for Fusion GPS, some of her sources. Uh, so right. we've long been uh, looking at it as you continue to peel that onion back. Uh, there's no question that that there were operations being run somehow that were convincing diplomats, Ukrainian diplomats, who did everything but be diplomatic and attacked the Republican presidential candidate in 2016, which is quite unusual, right. to say the least. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. corruptions run rampant in Ukraine. It's it's hard to know uh, who to trust. Uh, you know, we, we take everything in uh, and we always take it with a grain of salt and we try to analyze it. Um, look, and and, and when appropriate, we pass it on to the to the appropriate authorities. And I'll just leave it at that. But you know, we've been we've been taking in information and passing it along um, because it's it's hard to know what really is going on. So I think uh, it's another good move by Attorney General Barr to to put a you know get another a U.S. attorney involved in this uh, to see you know to 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 see what exactly this is all about, because there's so, there's so many moving parts uh, to, to the whole Ukraine saga. There are, and there's so many different motivations of people there. I mean, it's so uh, divided and it's so corrupt that it's, uh, it's sometimes hard to separate the wheat and the chaff. There's no doubt about it. Um, another big moment uh, last week, uh, uh, the d- decision not to prosecute Andrew McCabe for making false statements. As everybody knows, the inspector general had referred him and the uh, public in- uh, integrity or o- OPR office of FBI had referred McCabe for making false statements during an internal inquiry. He's not going to face prosecution. Any reaction to that decision? Look, I, I think that's the one that really is upsetting uh, Republicans. Uh, they don't understand how uh, the number two at the FBI uh, can get away with something like this. 
uh, especially, you know, that doesn't even, you know, that issue is dealing with the Hillary Clinton investigation, email investigation. That's that right. doesn't even get close to the whole FISA problem, which, you know, it, it, it appears like when Comey was fired, uh, he was the one that, that helped to engineer with Comey uh, working in concert the Mueller investigation, which was a, you know, complete hoax. Uh, as I've said many times, uh, and I think very pointedly to say that when Mueller walked in the door, they knew damn well there was no evidence of the Trump campaign colluding with Russians. So what were they doing? They set up an obstruction of justice trap. I mean, it was an attempted coup on on the presidency of the United States. Very, very dangerous. Only happens in the second and third world. So, so McCabe skates, you know, congratulations to him, but just another notch in the uh, – uh, and for Republicans across this country who aren't going to trust the Department of Justice or FBI. And, and I'll just finish with, you know, if, you, if you're a Republican and you get indicted uh, in any of these big cities, uh, whether it be Washington, D.C. or San Francisco, uh, you're, you're cooked. I mean, you have no chance. You might as well just plead guilty if you get, if you, if you get indicted in these big cities. that It just becomes so partisan. Um, there's no fairness uh, in, in the courts. I, you know, I'm just telling you what I'm picking up, uh, talking to constituents and talking to uh, Americans uh, that I that I talk to every day. The Durham investigation goes on. Do you see any scenario where there will be more accountability and possible indictments? Uh, I mean, the level of misconduct that's identified in the IG report, the falsification of documents, uh, numerous misstatements in the FISA applications. Do you expect any more accountability, or do you think the shaming of the IG report is sort of the end of that accountability trail? No, 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 not even close. Um, uh, what I've always said that, that, that I want first and foremost from Durham is a complete assessment of what actually happened, because the, Mueller, the, the, the whole Mueller investigation, not only was it a hoax, but I, I, I only halfway jokingly call it the Mueller dossier, uh, because it was essentially <laughs> right, like reading yeah. this, this. It was like reading the Steele dossier. It's Russia, Russia everywhere, except there's no Russians. So why did you do that? Uh, you know, the only reason you p- could have possibly done that is to throw the reader off, to help build narratives for the media. I mean, just you know, more corruption and more nonsense that that leads Republicans and conservatives not to trust the FBI or or, or the DOJ. So. I want a full accounting of, of what the hell happened here. I know, I mean, you've heard me say that that this investigation did not begin on July 31st of 2016. It began well before that. And so, and, and you know, high-level people at DOJ and FBI lied to myself, the Speaker of the House at the time, Paul Ryan, and our lead investigator, Trey Gowdy. So, you know, we knew that wasn't true. So, you know, they misled and lied to Congress. Are they going to get 40 months with Roger Stone? I doubt it, uh, unless Durham can, you know, can prosecute on that. And so there's so many questions that need to be answered. I hope we get a full accounting of everything. And then, you know, we've made our criminal uh, referrals, you know, that right. there's eight criminal referrals that we've made over there. So I hope they get acted upon from, you know, everything from people lying to Congress, misleading Congress, to conspiracy and to leaks. 
Well, I'm looking around the room to see if Donna Brazil is here, because literally my next question was going to be what happened before July of 2016. I hope she didn't get a hold of a set of my questions and pass them on to you. I'm sure she didn't. But uh, you, you played perfectly into this next question to, for me, which is um, at the end of the day, uh, the FBI story has been for three years. This investigation didn't get started until July 31st, 2016, when a predicated criminal file called Operation uh, Hurricane Crossfire was started. But in fact, there's so many uh, pieces of evidence showing activity in London and in Italy in this March, April, May, June timeframe. And you've been one of the leaders on this saying there was investigating going on and we don't have the full truth. What do you think we might learn from Durham? What, What sort of public data points do we have now to suggest what our allies, the CIA, the FBI might have been doing before that July 31st uh, uh, artificial date that we were given for a long time? Well, there's there's so much, John. I mean, we could take, uh, we, we could talk about this for, for hours, but probably the, uh, you know, number one question is who the hell is Joseph Mifsud, the mysterious right. Maltese professor? Um you know who who gave uh, uh, you know why why did Papadopoulos why was he taken to Italy to meet with with Mifsud? A lot of that doesn't make sense. Uh, Papadopoulos's story and Mifsud's story don't don't match, and of course Mifsud's gone missing. So and he's yeah. the one that that supposedly they opened. This is the reason why they opened up. Now they're lying, uh, but but they did use it as the reason to open up the 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 investigation. But we know that after that point, they never, meaning they used the MIFSID information. But, you know, of all the powers that we have in our government, MIFSID wasn't an American citizen. Why right. wouldn't you target immediately Joseph MIFSID? Why did you have to go after Flynn and Papadopoulos and Page and all these, and Manafort, all these people, when if you were truly running counterintelligence and wanted to know how MIFSID knew about emails, which is why you opened up this investigation, I mean, hell, you should have turned all 17 agencies on Joseph Mifsud. He's not an American citizen, for God's sakes. And and they yeah. didn't do that. They had no interest in finding him yeah. uh, until for months, right? after Six, the election. Until, yeah, until after, until after the president sworn in. So yeah. that doesn't add up. My guess is the dirty cops knew exactly who Joseph Mifsud was. And, you know, the, the real question I have outstanding is, is at what time, point did the dirty operations from the Clinton campaign merge with the Obama administration's dirty cops at FBI and DOJ? I think that's the only real question, uh, the overall big question that we want to know. And that's that's and, one that, that's going to take Durham to get to the bottom of. Yeah. And I, you, you suspect that's long before uh, Bruce Orr walks the dossier over to McCabe at the end of July, right? You, you, are you suspecting that <laughs> those conversations occurred earlier? Um, my guess is that Carter Page didn't receive invest, uh, invitations to uh, the Cambridge uh, Club uh, in, May. in June. Um, yeah, you know May and June time frame. Um, right. I, I can't imagine that that was just a, a random thing. And, and look, I, you've heard me say this, and I, I don't want to get into all of it, but I, I'm highly confident that that a lot of this started in, in actually late 2015. Um, wow, and I think that's what we'll ultimately find that it, you know that that dirty cops and dirty operators were taking in information from FBI sources in 2015, which is a damn which is a damn shame. 
Yeah, that, that changes everything of the way the story was told to us from Rod Rosenstein and James Comey and Andrew McCabe. It would be a complete rewriting of what really happened, which is extraordinary. It's just extraordinary. Yeah, so, you know, look, like I said, 15, you know, I, I, I believe it started in 2015, but there's no question that it started in early 2016. With that, that's, that's, you know, long before July 31st. Amazing. All right, picture your face in the mirror. Do you see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about crow's feet or those large under-eye bags? Now imagine they're just gone. I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery. They're just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in just minutes. It's the edge you've been looking for. Don't believe it? I didn't either until some of my friends tried it. Now I don't have to imagine anymore. My friends look like themselves just 10 years younger. Simply put, I'm blown away by their results. You should try this. It works. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you need to be yourself at work or out with friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear so nobody will know that you're using it. Unless you tell them, of course. Now go to tryplexiderm.com and use my code VOICES. That's V-O-I-C-E-S. And you'll get 50% off a full-size bottle of Plexiderm plus an additional $10 off. That's right. Listen to that. 50% off plus an additional $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292. That's 1-800-685-1292. Now, you mentioned the code VOICES, V-O-I-C-E-S, and you'll get that discount. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today and use the code VOICES, V-O-I-C-E-S, at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com, code VOICES, V-O-I-C-E-S. All right, folks, you just heard from Devin Nunez quite a bit of news in this interview, and he's not done. We're going to return next week on John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. With the second half of my interview with Devin Nunez, the former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, and the man who helped unravel much of the false information that constituted the Russia collusion investigation. You're not going to want to miss this next week. It will be in sync with the launch of Just the News, the website. We're going to have some exclusive news, and this second half of the interview with Devin Nunez is big. You're not going to want to miss the prediction he makes about what he's going to do to bring accountability soon in the Russia case. Big news development. We'll have it for you next week on John Solomon Reports and Just the News. Until then, have a great weekend, and thanks for listening.